37 through 38, we'll be reading from Mark 8, 31 through 37 from the NRSV version. And it reads this way. Then he began to teach them that the son of man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? I wanna highlight verses 34 through 36 and read it again. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the world and forfeit their life? And thinking through a sermon title for this particular sharing today and message, the thought came, the salvation of being lost. The salvation of being lost. And it sounds very strange to me upon hearing, but I try my best to be as obedient as I can to spirit. So that is what we have today. So I want to invite you all to step into this strangeness with me. There is a frequency to being lost. Being lost has its own trepidation, cadence, and cacophony of sounds. Being lost pulls you from your known rhythm of life into a disheveled reality where you're not quite sure where this or that goes or who can help you find your way back back to comfort, back to knowing, back to the familiar, back to the logical way of doing and being that fits your own myopic standards of what your life should or is supposed to look like. Have you ever been lost before? I see some heads nodding. I remember being lost in Sedona, Arizona a couple of summers ago, attempting to get to a timeshare presentation, that was a consequence of taking a helicopter ride across the desert at the peak of afternoon the day prior. It was my first time in a helicopter and I was sitting in the front with a pilot, so it was scary for me. But it was the most frighteningly beautiful experience that I have had. I'm grateful the pilot wasn't lost and knew exactly where he was going. 
Well, in driving to this presentation, our GPS was guiding us in one direction and saying we'd arrived at the location and it was clear that we had not arrived. After turning around at least three times, going away from the wrong location and arriving back to the wrong location, we decided to call the venue. Apparently we had driven 30 to 40 minutes away from the right location as the venue was previously at the address of the wrong location and had relocated to a different address, making it difficult for people to find. So in light of this, of course, I'm very irritated and frustrated at this point because I feel like I've wasted my time being lost and you were charged the amount of the excursion, my frighteningly beautiful helicopter ride, if you don't make the presentation on time. So we eventually make it and I was grateful to be with a friend who could constructively speak with the manager about not charging us because at the time I could not access pleasant words to elicit any understanding. Being lost isolates you from your own sense of normalcy. The idea of believing I was going in the right direction because the GPS was supposed to be trustworthy and I experienced it as unreliable in the moment and the fact that being lost did not deter me from using it again still sits with me. Then there's the type of loss that is centered around vocation, purpose, and calling that is disrupted because you've had the metaphorical rug of life pulled from underneath you through the death of a loved one, whether sudden or not, being laid off, being wrongfully terminated, a breakup, a separation, a divorce, navigating a pandemic as we all are, new diagnoses, new relationships, a new marriage, job promotion, relocation, adding a newborn to your family, and the list could go on. Some of these shifts leave a trail of heartbreak while others leave your insecurities to companion with an unknowingness that can rupture your trust in God and your belief in your own capacity and aptitude to get back. Again, back to comfort, back to knowing, back to the familiar, back to the logical way of doing and being that fits your own myopic standards of what your life should or is supposed to look like. I imagine Peter's experience of being lost began when Jesus began teaching with assurance and confidence that his life was coming to an end. I'm sure Peter considered that soon he and the other disciples would no longer have access to Jesus's conversation, camaraderie, and nurturing energy. After all, Peter was a fisherman from Capernaum that left his family trade to follow a man named Jesus into the unknown. This transition of following Jesus may have presented with challenges for Peter in light of having no stable place to live, being taught in parables, not knowing how he would eat day after day and relying on the hospitality of strangers, yet trusting that because he was with Jesus, all was well. Jesus became one of Peter's companions and comrades. I'm sure their friendship was strong and robust, 
as Peter was also known as Cephas, which in Aramaic means rock. Maybe this is why Peter is the disciple we first observe having a reaction to Jesus's new information because he was a disciple that rooted himself not simply in his experience of Jesus, but in Jesus himself. When we root ourselves externally in other people, places, and things, it is dislocating. And our psyche is challenged by how, where, and when we'll be able to root ourselves again, get back to ourselves again. Peter was being uprooted and would have to begin making sense of how he would take root to the Christ within himself and his own relational experience with God, whom Jesus always pointed to. Peter was so bothered by Jesus's teaching that he takes Jesus to the side, rebukes him. Another translation says he speaks plainly to Jesus with unreserved boldness, to which Jesus responded by rebuking him back, saying, get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Jesus then followed up with, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. Is Jesus here inviting us all to take up our cross and die physically? No, although many have for their purpose to be fulfilled. I do believe that Jesus is inviting us to die to the petty misconceptions of who we are based on our earthly definitions of what makes us who we are, from our family systems to societal norms, to our intersecting environments and systems, and the traumatic events that happen to us. I believe Jesus is inviting us to lose ourselves this morning, if we're not already lost. I love the definition of lost as no longer possessed or retained. Jesus is inviting us to no longer possess or retain the limited way we see ourselves through human eyes but to see the divine right and power we all have access to in order to save ourselves in ways that no longer make us dependent on what people say or think about us, on what we have in our bank accounts, on what our titles are, what credentials we've obtained, on whether we are partner or not, nor on our narrow view of where we believe we should be at this stage of our lives. When we become lost, it is never an invitation to get back. It is never an invitation to get back to comfort, to get back to knowing, to get back to the familiar, to get back to the normative and logical way of doing and being that fits our own myopic standards of what life is supposed to look like. We become lost in order to be found anew to find the parts of ourselves that are no longer willing to live underneath who God has created us to be. To find the parts of ourselves after the heartbreak 
that allows us to remember our capacity to reprioritize how we engage this living experience with more life-giving strategy and remember ourselves as not simply human, but divine manifestations of a living God. To be lost is to be displaced from a way of being and living that no longer serves us. I appreciate the work of Shaman Maladoma Somay. In his book, The Healing Wisdom of Africa, he identifies the importance of having a naming ceremony for the child yet born. In this ceremony, the mother, the father, and the priest are present. Prayers are lifted, and then the priest asks the child yet born, what is your purpose? The mother takes on the voice of the unborn child and the unborn child reveals their purpose in an effort for the parents and the village to support the child even more effectively in fulfilling their purpose. What I value about this ritual is that it keeps the child in a continued process of remembering who they are purposed to be, regardless of what shows up in their living experience. In our Western world, we have no such ritual like this, but I do believe our ritual is the ritual of being lost. The ritual of being lost in order to experience the salvation of being found. The next heartbreak you go through, just tell yourself I'm entering into the ritual of being lost. The next uprooting experience you have, remind yourself, I'm entering into the ritual of being lost. The next dilemma of life you experience, fortify yourself with the notion, I'm entering into the ritual of being lost. The essence of being lost is really an opportunity to remember who we are and whose we are. Being lost is an essential part of this living experience in an effort to be found, found in a new place of understanding, found in a more awakened state of consciousness, found in a deepening of your divine connection, found in a higher state of self-confidence that's not connected to who or what you have, but the divine essence that flows through you as you continue to become. What I've found in my short-lived life is in my rituals of being lost, and I've experienced this ritual more than I've cared to, spirit has always shown up even when I may not be able to sense its presence. In my ritual of being lost, the divine has always invited me to show up through releasing those things or thoughts or understandings or ways of being that no longer serve me and simultaneously sturdies up my spiritual legs as I become even more intentional about my own healing and resolve to live life and live life more abundantly. When we become lost, we enter into our internal dialogues about the things and places we won't go back to. We begin to prioritize where our attention belongs in more deliberate ways. We institute boundaries where we had none or we sturdy them up. 
When we enter into our ritual of being lost, we find there are relationships that must end or shift in some way and new relationships that are formed. When we participate in the ritual of being lost, we eventually come to an awareness that the situations which instigated the ritual were a part of the all things spoken of in Romans 8.28, that we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to her purpose. I know the ritual of being lost never feels good, but I believe that it can always be good for us. In your ritual of being lost, you may find that your personal GPS keeps bringing you back to the wrong location over and over again. And you're being invited to release your ways of knowing. You may get stuck and have to call on that still small voice within you, the Holy Spirit. Some refer to it as the higher self to support you in showing up for and in your ritual fully. It is when we tap into our spiritual GPS that we find a divine companion who can more constructively speak to us and for us in ways our heartbreak may not be able to articulate in the moment. If you are in one of your rituals of being lost currently, be encouraged in knowing that being found is always a part of this ritual experience. Invite yourself to feel all of your feelings. Invite yourself to show up fully to the grief, fully to the pain, fully to the hurt and the unknowing. Remind yourself that you are not forsaken. You're only experiencing the salvation of being found. Amen.